Family from the Heart podcast episode number 270. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Welcome to another episode of The Family from the Heart, a podcast that is devoted to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of the Ravenscraft family, a family that has given up on the ordinary to pursue the lives for which they were created. Now, here are your hosts, Cliff and Stephanie. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. Stephanie and I have yet another lovely list of things to share with you from our just barely above mundane weekly life. It's been a boring week. For you, I had I it looks like most of the topics are things that I have to talk about. Okay, so I leave I lead a boring mundane life. No, that's not true. Actually it's very true. No, I, I think I don't think so. Okay. You have quite a bit of excitement. What is this one? This one is one of my favorites. So I guess okay. this is a brand new topic. Hold on. <laughs> this just in. New topic for Family from the Heart, episode 270. Instagram. Hold on. Instagram account. And, and who do they follow? Um, It is sarcasm underscore only. Hold on. So S-A-R-C-A-S-M. Yes. Underscore only. Only. So if right. you Instagram account, if you go and follow sarcasm underscore only trust me it's worth it all right so share with us a couple of these are they first of all are they little kid friendly in the back of the seat kind of deal so all right (laughs) i would tell my kids let's just put it this way if you if you allow your family to kind of overhear just any random episode of family from the heart it's questionable it's okay right um so some of my favorite sayings i i I love this um megan made me go in and follow these um, she made you do it. She made me do it. Actually, she did it for me. And she so one day she's like, mom, did you see my Instagram? And so I go into Instagram to find what she had put out. But, um, wait a second. I don't see I iOS seven on this list. I added it at the bottom. Okay. It's not there. What? Was it after fitness rut? <laughs> it disappeared. Was yes. it? A, okay. It, well, and I you, to- you told you me to done? click done. Did you hit done? Yes. All right. Go ahead with your Instagram story. All right. So I go in to find her Instagram that she had sent, and I find that I'm now following this sarcasm only. You marked it complete. That's why. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm uncompleting it. Okay. Anyway. So um, I find I, I laugh at this all the time. Some of them are bad. I, I'll warn you. If you go in and you start following sarcasm only, some of them are bad. Some so, of them are hilarious. So what you're saying is that... Here in Family from the Heart, we will apply a very light filter right. to what we'll share. Yeah, I wouldn't share all of them. Some okay. of them are just bad. Yeah, yeah. but uh, several, this isn't necessarily an account that you would want your kids following. I don't know. Mine do. Well, <laughs> so, we're, di- we're weird. We are. Okay, Lord, give me patience, because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love them. I love them. Um... Okay, this one is this one is very girl, very uh, teenage. Oh no! Okay, this one was just fun. Um, I wish every time I pinned an outfit on Pinterest, it would magically show up in my closet. Okay. Um, I kind of wish that too. Although I don't really spend much time pinning outfits on Pinterest. Okay, this one. Do you is spend very- any time at all ever on Pinterest? Yes. <gasps> what? I have 
I have never heard you ever once mention. So you're telling me, wait a second, you dropped the bomb on everybody with this whole Facebook thing last week, and now you're here to tell me you're on another social network? Anyway, um, very teenage girl. Very, actually, just very girl. Very, very girl. Um, I'm not saying I hate her. I'm just saying I hope she has diarrhea on a day she's wearing Spanx. (laughs) Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) And the way to get back at somebody you don't really like. Okay. So. That, Stephanie, seriously, that one could have, you could have applied a little filter on that Nope. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm having my laughs. That laugh didn't come from sarcasm only. It came from Grumpy Cat. But Grumpy Cat says, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me and we can make fun of people together. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is how I make it through my day. Is that right? It is. A little sarcasm, huh? A little sarcasm helps go a long way. Um, You came back. So, you went to Nashville. We're going to talk about that in a minute, right? Yes, we are. And you came back and you were so exhausted and you're like, I'm an introvert. Do you know how, exo- and this is totally going to, oh, anyway, I'm just going to say it. Um, do you know how exhausting it is to be an introvert, but to be surrounded by people all the time? Like, it, it's exhausting. And I'm like, I know. Now imagine not liking people. <laughs> like, nice. Okay. This is like my every day. And it's not that I don't like all people. There are just some people that um, I really have a hard time I can't quite process the whole thing. Right. Add on top of that, the fact that I am an introvert, I'd rather be left alone. And uh, and it makes meeting people very difficult. Interesting. Yes. Anyway. So, so sarcasm only helps me make it through my day. There you go. Uh, speaking of my trip to Nashville and, you know, being around people, I have never really categori- categorized myself as an introvert. Yes, you have. Have I? Yes. Okay. I guess maybe I have. Anyway, I, I don't give it a whole lot of thought most of the time. And it's it's really weird. When I know people I, and I see them face to face, I'm very outgoing and and stuff like that. And, and I do find myself enjoying my time with people while I'm with them. However, I seem to feel some sense of urgency to perform, that I have to be on if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when I mean on, I mean mm-hmm. like I'm, you know, I am. There, You're there, on full force all the time. You yeah. have to be at your 100% the entire time. Exactly. I don't sit back and, you know, sitting back with somebody and just chilling. I don't know that that really ever happens. I think you and I experience that from time to time. Um, you and know, you're still not very good at and it. And I'm still not very, I'm very bad at it, actually. But, but you know, just sitting back with somebody and just, like, I, I can't imagine sitting next to someone, just chilling, and not having a conversation. And, you know, and especially if there's, like, something else that's not actually happening. I feel like if there's a moment of silence or something like that, it's my... It's my responsibility to to make that moment valuable, to make it yeah. entertaining or educational, yep. or, or to to be a source of encouragement or inspiring, and and all this other stuff. I feel the need to perform. Not that if I don't perform, I don't think that I'm valuable, but I just feel like there's this that that I I just want to give of that time. It's very it's not very often that I have time. You know, it's not very often that I make time. 
to go out and spend time with people. But when I do, especially like when I went to Nashville, there was one entire day where it was just nonstop from 10 o'clock in the morning until way into the evening that it was people coming up and asking questions and, you know, and and just me, almost if you could imagine what I would normally do through one-on-one coaching and consulting, it was like being on a one-on-one coaching and consulting call back-to-back, 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 back-to-back the entire day nonstop. But in the, in the same way, I very much enjoyed myself. I loved it. While I was doing it, but it, it was exhausting. It was the. It, it's like wow, I was riding this a massive. Mm-hmm. This is this is great. This is wow. And then at the end of the day, it's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like some kind of. New, you were spent. There was yeah. nothing else. Left. I was spent. Th- that is exactly the word. I was spent. Um, and so Eric and I were talking at dinner. Eric Fisher mm-hmm. and I got the we got the mm-hmm. Eric Fisher quote in today. So Eric Fisher and I were sitting at dinner and he was saying, you know, Cliff, I think you're an introvert. And and I sit there, I say, well, how, well it depends on how you divine it. I mean, because I'm a, I'm a people person. You know, I do like people. I like hanging out with people. I like interacting with people. Relationships are extremely important to me. And so when I'm with people, I, I, I like to work on building a solid foundation of a relationship that can be built on. That That is something that I... I'm very much interested in, but he says that the he, he, the way that Eric explained it, and I, I need to look up the technical terminology and see what they, they consider these things, but anyway, Eric says that an extrovert is the type of person that when they spend all day with a large group of people, it, you know, when they come away from that, they feel energized. They feel, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's like they're on a high after the fact, it's just like, wow, this was a great thing, you know, and, and they could go all night long. It's, it's like as long as they're always surrounded by, by people, this is it is energizing to them. Whereas he, his his explanation was that if you're an introvert and you're surrounded by people, you may you may enjoy yourself when you're with those people and stuff like that. But what is happening is while you're spending time, rather than it energizing you, it de-energizes you. It, 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 it's taking away your energy level. You're giving it away. And, and you need time alone to recoup that energy. Right. And oftentimes, a couple days, it seems like for me, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it, it, it can. And I will tell you that even right now, I'm, I'm still re-energizing myself from the, the couple days that I spent in Nashville. But it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was a wonderful experience. Good. I'm now, glad. there's a picture of like me with all the guys that I was hanging out with that day uh, for the most part. And I didn't realize there was that many guys than it was. It was uh, it was a wonderful time. I, I won't go through all the names because I know I'll miss out one or two people's names. But it was an it was awesome time hanging out with them. And some of them were lifelong friends, you know, Andy Traub, Eric Fisher. And then there's Jared Easley. And then there were some folks that I had seen before. I had met them previously, but that was the only the first time. And so one person that fit this description would be Chris Murphy. And that's somebody I felt like I really got to know. What? Nothing. What's so funny? Go ahead. That was something that I, I got to I got to know him on a much deeper level. And I really enjoyed that. I feel like I'm moving more towards a very close relationship mm-hmm. with him. And then there were brand new people 
that, or actually there were a couple people that I didn't actually meet and spend a lot of time with previously, but I had, I, it was not the first time I met them, Mm -hmm. but it was the first time, this was the second time that I had met them face to face. And it was the first time that I had spent um, time around them for an extended period of time. So it's more like the next time there's an opportunity for me to have that kind of connection, they'll be more like a Chris Murphy. Right. They'll, they'll be somebody that I recognize very well. There's somebody now that I'd be willing to follow on Twitter because I have that much of a relationship with them. But it's still, you know, I, I would, I'm at the place where I, I think probably Chris would agree that, you know, we would call each other friends. Right. You know, and that's like, that's taken some time since I first met him back at, at New Media Expo last year or earlier this year. So, and then there were people that I met for the very first time, but I spent a lot of time with. And it, it was just, it was a fun time. It was, it was, this is what I went to this conference for. It wasn't to speak and try to, to, to tell my story. It wasn't to do anything else. This, the time spent at this conference wasn't about the conference at all. It was about these people. Right. And that's what I really enjoyed. And what I loved, and this is in here, um, you allowed me to take Miss Piggy to Nashville. Okay. What? Well, you said it like, uh, okay, yeah. What? You took, yeah. What, what What? was your... Well, no, I mean, you were taking her anyway. It doesn't... I Not necessarily. Obviously, Miss Piggy is our new car. Yeah, well, for those who don't know, Miss <laughs> Piggy is our 2013 Honda Pilot. Uh, we call right. her Miss Piggy. Why we do we do... call her Miss Piggy? Oh, because she's a gas hog. She's a gas hog. That's what it is. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, so, yeah, so you allowed me to take the new car. I it, If you said, I really want, you know, I'd really right. need the car. I was going to plan on doing this, this, and this. I would have taken my car. Right. But um, I'm very... But I wasn't going to do that. You I, were driving farther. That's the rule. And I, and, and I you know, number one, it made, the, it did make the drive, uh, make the drive so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're riding higher up and it's oh, a Oh, I know. Ride. I'm telling you, getting in the Avalon after riding. It's like riding. Dri- it's, it's like, it's like sitting a on the go-kart. Gar- it is. It really is. I might as well be in the go-kart on the ground yes. because it's that, it's that low. It is. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Oh, but you should have heard the kids when we went across the bump in the trunk. Did this, little thing. Like, this car is so ghetto. They're just. This is ridiculous. So it was, it was funny. But so anyway, I took our our brand new car down, and our brand new car is actually a part of our story. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so much a part of our story, and and you know it goes back to you know having a very successful career in insurance, leaving that behind, pursuing podcasting full time. You know, if the, if folks don't know the story, oftentimes in conversation, it's it. I've gotten to the place where I can very quickly tell the story of how the first year that, you know, we did this 2008 full time that I worked, you know, 12 to 14, sometimes 18 hours in a day. I worked seven, seven days a week. You're telling me it's the first nine months of the year. I thought it was six. What? No, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually updating the story for people. My wife tells me it's nine months out of the year. Uh, So I I worked every day. And then at the end of the year, my gross income for personal income was eleven thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. I'm quick to tell them that you know the business did make enough money to pay for family health insurance. It paid mm-hmm. all the overhead of business, mm-hmm. paid for our CPA, paid for all of the you know technology computers. It kept itself. It kept itself. It kept itself running and paid 
our most basic benefit, our most important benefit, which was our health insurance. Right. But when it came to paying our mortgage and putting food on the table, the business didn't pay for that. No, it I didn't. I mean, it, it paid $11,000 towards that. That was it for the year. That that That's that's one month shy of a of a mortgage. Exactly. So so anyway, it it was a, it was a tough year. And so a lot of people know this part of our story, and for those who don't, I'm able to share that when in conversations talking about business and pursuing your passion and doing the work you love and and what it takes to achieve success and how long it happens and getting a getting a more realistic understanding of of what it might take to to pursue and make things happen. Um, and, and a lot of people have some really weird ideas that in 18 months they're going to be able to right. do whatever they right. want. And I'm like, it nah. wasn't for me, nah. let me tell you. But, but five years later, you're driving a brand new, completely paid for car. Yeah. And well, the thing is, is the cool thing is I'm having these conversations with all these people during the morning, right? Yeah. And then the conference breaks for lunch. And I say, hey, does anybody want to go to lunch? And all of a sudden, both days, it just so happened that seven other people Went exactly to lunch went to lunch with me right. and they're like okay so how so uh, you know i can drive i can drive and you know we'll drive separately it's like hey, i've got it guys and i'm like what they're like what i said i can you know how many of us are there there's eight of us right and they're like yeah so i got it i got it i seed eight yeah, yeah. we seed eight no problem at all <laughs> and so eight grown adults mm-hmm. both days of the conference now the cool thing is is that each day of the conference um i'd say that four of those four of those eight were different people. Okay. So so there were there was it wasn't just eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So there you go, twelve. 12. So a total of twelve people over the course of two days went to lunch, right? Piled into our Honda Pilot and not uncomfortable. And not only that, but I got to share the story, not bragging, but in a way saying, "Hey guys, the the cool thing story behind this." Is that most of you know that you know, two thousand eight? Mm-hmm. I only made eleven thousand dollars. This vehicle here cost thirty eight thousand dollars, and we paid cash for it with one month's income. Right. And and you know it's just it's like wow you know it just drives the point home. It's it's so much a part of our story, and it was so inspirational for that. And not only that, but I also had the ability on both days to buy everybody lunch. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are like, "Oh my gosh, thank you Cliff for lunch. Thank you for cl- lunch." And and my thing is is you're welcome and thank you and I'm like, "Thank you for the opportunity for me to mm-hmm. buy you lunch." I mean, this it really is an opportunity to 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 invest in others and to invest in these relationships and to 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 inspire them. And but yeah, it was a great trip, and by the time it was all done, uh, the money in my wallet was spent, but so was I. <laughs> my emotional energy was like, blah. Right. And the second night of the conference, my good friend, uh, good fr- I stayed with Dan Miller and Dan and Joanne's, uh, Dan and Joanne Miller's place this weekend, uh, past weekend, and Dan emails or sends me a text message. He says, Cliff, what time are, are you coming back? And he says, Dr. Chris McCluskey is here, and he's hanging out with his family at the sanctuary, and it just so turns out that he's actually going to be taking your podcasting A to Z course in November. He'd really? love to, you know, and we just realized the connection was mm-hmm. here, and uh, he would love the opportunity to chat with you if if it doesn't pull you away from what you're doing. And uh, Dan knows I'm a network, and I'd be out until one o'clock in the morning right. otherwise. 
So I said, hey, you know, I, I, I recognize that name. I do see that he's getting ready to take my mm-hmm. November course. I'd love the opportunity to meet him, especially, you know, knowing that he's a close personal friend of Dan Miller. And so I made plans to go back there at 8.30. And, uh, and so I, I did. I went and I hung out. And from 8.30 to like 9.45, I was still going my energy level 100%, 100%, 100%. But right around, right around 9.45, I fell off the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I was I, I was at the limit of what energy I had, and I, I'm I'm I still have it in my mind that I need to email Chris right and let him know say listen you know I man I'm so excited I hope that you know that I didn't offend you if I if it seemed like all of a sudden my energy level just completely dropped but at the end of the day I I'd had this day or whatever. But I did, and and the next morning I talked. I was talking with Dan and Joanne as I was taking them to the airport, uh, and they. She says, "I noticed." She goes, "It's like I could see it on your face. You 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 were done." Yeah, and I'm like, "I know." I said, "I had two options. One, I could just be rude and say, hey, guys, I'm going to bed,' or number two, I could try to try to to stick it out, you know, mm-hmm. and and to to make it work all the way to the end." And but yeah, I was I yeah. was so depleted what happens i mean yeah it so, happens that was my trip to nashville on the way home by the way uh, uh pj and jim jonas from goatmilkstuff.com they uh built a new home mm-hmm. on new property have a massive soap room facility they have a new barn for all their goats and just it, it the, what they've done with their property is just absolutely amazing and and I'm so inspired by what they've been able to accomplish in their business and, and the success that they've had. And it inspires me. And I got to spend a couple hours with them. And that was a true joy. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity where we can take our entire family down and just go and spend a day down there with them. Right. That would be awesome. But the cool thing is, is that I drove through Louisville right across the bridge into Indiana on 65 and they're like off of exit 29. So 29 miles north into Indiana. And by the time I finished with them, I put in my little application on ways how to get home from there. And instead of telling me to go all the way back down 65 and then take 71 back up to northern Kentucky, it told me to, to go up 65 further. And I think it took me on Route 50 almost all the way back. Actually, it did. It took me Route 50 all the way home. So all the way down into Lawrenceburg um, and then, yeah. and I'll tell you what, the next, I, I'm wondering how much additional time it would take the next time I go to Nashville to actually go 50. route 50 and then get on 65 and go down. Because even if it added an extra 30 minutes to the drive, it's so much more enjoyable than the, the absolutely boring ride the bo- the- of between 70 on 71 between Florence and Louisville is bo- even beyond Louisville. Yeah, even past there. Yeah, it's incredibly boring. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, that's my trip to Nashville. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. I did, and I, thank yeah. you, thank you, Stephanie, for letting me go. You're welcome. It was very last minute. You didn't miss anything here. Nope. Except. Except what? The viewing oh. of the extended cut of the One Direction movie. 
This Is Us. Let me tell you, my daughters wanted to see this so bad. Now, I already said, it's, it's a shady move. Whoever did this, whether it was the Sony or whoever's idea this was, crappy move, people. Crappy move. We've already paid $100 to take everybody to see this movie because we've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now, two weeks later, you're going to release an extended cut. Um, for those of you just listening, you can't see my air quotes on the extended cut. And, um, and tell us that you have 20 minutes of extra footage and four new songs. Okay? So, actually, 20 minutes of extra footage would be four new songs. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what they didn't tell you, is that it's not an extended cut. It's an edited cut with new stuff in it because they edited out other things, which made me frustrated <laughs> because I liked the movie as it was the first time. Yep. And um, and so it was just it was just frustrating that um, that they did that, but... My girls still enjoyed it. Of course they did. Of course they did. And um, I don't know if we'll... Actually, we will. There will come a day where One Direction has run its course in our house. It's just oh yeah, not soon. Enough. The next album comes out <laughs> the day after Megan's birthday. And... um, But it, 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 it was... I don't know. I just don't think it was cool to I do that. No, I don't think so I at all. I mean, I put think it, it on the boat... Put it as bonus feature on on the Blu-ray, which they've already like made me pinky promise and sign in blood that I'm gonna buy. I mean, mm-hmm. put put it on put it on the disc. Don't don't put it in the theater and make us go pay again. And yeah, that, it, I that just was thought a, it was, that, that was a very shady move on yeah. their marketing department. I mean, it makes money, uh, but but you know what? It, it, as far as I'm concerned, it t- totally ruins all trust it does and don't don't advertise it as an extended cut and tell us that there's 20 extra minutes because there's not the first movie is an hour and 32 minutes long the extended cut is an hour and 32 minutes long yeah it's just got 20 minutes of different stuff in it yeah they cut out 20 minutes of the original movie put in 20 new minutes that that's all that's happened yeah and um and so i was frustrated by that and i still like one direction i i I like the boys. I like their story. Um, but they're the people who are behind it. The, the machine yeah. that made them popular is is they're trying to squeeze every nickel, every and, nickel, every nickel and dime they can out of it. And and that is that is not a way to treat a fan base and no. and stuff like that. And I told Stephanie, I said it reminds me of George Lucas, yes, who will come out with a brand new digital copy of Star Wars. For all those people, and I know Father I ain't Robert. buying Star Wars again until they release it in 3D, so I can watch it in 3D on my TV at home. I'm just kidding; I'll never buy another copy of Star Wars. <laughs> nice. Well, of course, he doesn't own it anymore. I know he know. doesn't. I, I know he doesn't. Which is what I said to you when we had this conversation. But um, let's see. Let's see what we haven't purchased an episode, uh, an edition of Star Wars since they were on VHS. Yeah, that was the last time. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Now I will I will tell you this though is I bought you purchased the Lord of the Rings extended version of wasn't that a gift uh, you, like you, you wanted that so bad and it was a gift you bought that as a gift for me on standard DVD and when we got our Blu-ray Blu-ray television I went on Amazon and I purchased the Blu-ray set I know you did 
It's you really should sell the first one. I should. Yeah. And yeah. I would have bought you Blu-ray had you not held out until the very last minute. <laughs> to, I mean, seriously, could you have waited any longer to purchase the Blu-ray player? No, probably not. I don't think it's so kind of like some people going out and say, you know what? I'm going to go buy a Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. I don't even know. <laughs> you don't know what a Betamax is? Nope. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to guess it's like a very first computer or something. No. No? It's, not it, even that. Do you know Do you know what HD DVD is? HD DVD, yes. What is it? It's an HD DVD. All right. I, honestly, I don't know. I don't okay. So, so basically, when when they when they went from DVD mm-hmm. to the higher res formats, they actually came out with two versions. So, Sony created Blu-ray, okay, and some other company came out with something called HD DVD. Oh well, there's a reason that I've never heard of that, right? Because it didn't do well. Well, it it did ex- it did extremely well for a long period of time. Did it? Uh, and in fact, HD DVD was making major inroads. Uh, and the Xbox would at the time would, would have played HD DVD, but okay. Sony, of course, being that they're mm-hmm. they put Blu-ray on theirs, and and stuff like that. And then there was a certain adult film industry that went behind and started using Blu-ray, and of course, everything moved to Blu-ray is what happened there. Okay. And so anyway, um, Blu-ray won, and eventually HD DVD kind of just fell to the wayside yeah, i've never heard of it exactly and it's the same reason why you've never heard of betamax okay because what happened was back in the early days when v or when the cassette players first came out they had two competing formats betamax and vhs and okay. betamax was a smaller tape but the actual the actual picture quality was far superior to vhs and but and but there was still the so so some movies were released on Betamax and some, some were on VHS, VHS. Okay. and there were my dad had both players obviously of and and all these different things and then a certain adult film industry chose to use VHS and that's the and that's exactly okay. okay so anyway yeah. no never heard of Betamax would have never known that we'll probably forget it in like the next five minutes exactly it means nothing to <laughs> there me there you go so. Anyway. Interesting. Very. And then I could tell you the history of laser discs. If <laughs> That's you like. I'm really not interested. Like <laughs> at all. All right. I, I can't even explain to you how not interested I am. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Moving right along. Tell us about Megan's doctor visit. Okay. Actually, right after we talk about our sponsor. Go for it. TVtalk.com. Yep. So TVtalk.com is an online uh, network of television stations. TV show talk shows. Right. Or if you consider television fan podcast devoted to your favorite television show. Uh, basically, the format of each of the shows is roughly the same. So you know exactly what to expect from this network. You usually have two hosts that come together once a week or yeah, actually after each new episode of your favorite television show. And they record their commentary, sometimes giving you additional insights, breaking down what happened in the episode. And for me, I always pick out and follow, find something new about the show that I hadn't thought of. And it, and it brings the enjoyment of that TV show to the next level. Many of you know that that's how Stephanie and I got started by creating a Lost podcast. And then, of course, we also created many other TV show fan podcasts such as Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Heroes, and Doctor Who, and a bunch of other different shows. Anyway, the interesting thing about TV Talk is that 
they're all approximately 20 minutes in length as far as the episodes. So they're consumable on your daily commute, which is kind of nice. They have an application that you can get in the iOS um, app store or in your Google Play Android app store. It's So it's available on both platforms. And if you listen to the episodes in the application, you not only get the, epi- the episode where they talk, but they have the ability for you to leave feedback right from the app. You can record your voice and it uploads it right to their network. And at the end of the episode, um, they actually start putting your feedback into those episodes in the, in the app itself. So you actually get to hear not only the host of the show, but you might also hear other fans share their thoughts and theories and other, all kinds of stuff as well. They're also available on iTunes and just about any other place that you can find your podcast. But uh, I encourage you to check out tvtalk.com. Yes. They sponsor Family from the Heart. They do. I went in and followed. Um, I have I use the app. And so I went in just, just today and um, started following the fall shows that'll come back because um, I was rewatching the finale of Nashville this morning. Yeah. Um, while listening to a fantastic storm that was going on outside. Mm. And um, and so I wanted to make sure I went in that because Nashville, that show starts next week. The, the, the season premiere is next Wednesday. Really? Um, so yeah, we're really, we're like a week and a half out from a lot of these, um, from a lot of our fall shows coming back. And um, when I say our, I mean people in general because <laughs> there's only a couple of shows that you and I really watch together during the fall and winter. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I went in and I I followed my shows. Awesome! I saw you going through it, and and yeah. I, I was hearing you were kind of talking to yourself. Mm, I might listen to a show that's done about this one. I, I might, might follow yeah. this show. Like I, might like I totally I, and and like I've already said, you know, I still watch Grey's Anatomy, but I'm not really interested in any extra commentary on that show. It has nothing to do with anyone who would host that show. It's just that, um, you're done with it. Shonda Rhimes. Let's be done with this already. Yeah. You know, uh, come on now. And, um, but I'm also one of those stupid people that's going to hang on to the end. I'm sorry, baby. I know. I say bad things about myself all the time. Like, why can't I just give it up? But I don't know. Anyway. So, um, but yeah, I was going through and I was talking to myself, you know, I, I, I might listen to, I might listen to somebody talk about this. I'll, I'll give this a try and was picking out and I got my list. Well, there you go. There's lots of go. them over at tvtalk.com. There are. All right. So tell us about Megan's doctor visit. Okay. Um, Megan has been complaining of pain in her ankle for a long time now. Yep. And um, it's something where at first we were just icing it. We would, you know, give it rest when she wasn't dancing and all this. And um, because at first the pain was while dancing and um and so we were icing it and just kind of resting it and but then it it became painful when she was walking i'm like okay well we're gonna have to have this looked at and um so i took her in monday and um he didn't even x-ray it which was awesome we went to a sports medicine doctor um and um so he didn't x-ray it, but he was feeling around on her foot trying to, um, you know, where's the pain at? Does it hurt when I do this? Does it hurt? You know, and um, and what he has said now is that she has um, very flexible tendons. And so when she is moving her foot, the tendon 
is popping up over the ankle mm-hmm. and back. And, um, and it makes that popping sound, you know, and, um, she can do it on both foots, on both foots, on both like feet. Yeah. You like that? I totally make up my own words. That'd be a great title. Yeah. She can do it on, on both, both foots. foots. That would be, it wouldn't be. She can do it on both feet. And it's what give, it's what makes her have beautiful feet in dancing because, um, the director of her studio comments on her feet all the time. You have beautiful feet and, um, the way that she can hold them in position and stuff. Um, but because this has been ongoing and she hasn't had it looked at because she didn't want to find out, she didn't want the answer to be that she had to stop dancing. Um, so the, the tendon has become inflamed from continually popping over the ankle. And um, so he put her in a boot to rest it for two weeks, um, which she hates. <laughs> she can't stand that thing. Um I can't say that I blame her. It's kind of hideous, but, um, but it's keeping her ankle from moving because even if you tell her, you know, to rest it, unless it's in that thing, it's still going to move around and, you know, um, it will always pop because her tendons are flexible. So it's always going to do that, but, um, just need to get back to where there's no pain involved. Gotcha. So that's it. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Sports injuries, that's that's what they are. Yep. So. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening. Uh, you know what? I just realized, and we're going through this list pretty quick. Um, How about telling folks about your rereading of The Hunger Games and what got you into that? I don't even remember what got me into it. But um, last week, one day, I was thinking about something. And I wanted to, and obviously in the book. I was thinking about something from Catching Fire and um, and I started looking it up and or was looking for it. And and then once I found what I was looking for, then I just kept reading and I finished the book. But it was like halfway through, which really frustrated me because then I couldn't remember everything that happened in the beginning. And the movie's coming out in like two months. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to start from the beginning and read it over. And so now I'm almost to where I started last week. Um, and I'm enjoying it. And I really, I, for, I think I forgot how much I really like this story. Nice. I do. And, um, and this is my favorite book. So that kind of helps too. Yeah. Um, but now it has me wanting to go back and to reread the hunger games because Katniss is referencing things that happened before and um, I don't think I will right now. Um, but anyway, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying my re reread. This makes like what the fourth time I've read. I don't know. I think maybe the fourth time. Yeah, it's been you, it's been a couple times for you now. For those who don't know, Stephanie and I have a Hunger Games fan podcast. If you want to actually read Hunger Games and haven't done so already, you can go all the way to episode one, mm-hmm. which is chapter one of book one, The Hunger Games. Yes. And we go all the way through all three books. Yep. And then at the end of that, we actually covered the movie, the first movie, and we will be covering our reactions to the second and third Soon and fourth after, right. movies. Uh, I watched the trailer um, yesterday Okay. for the movie. And um, it looks good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It, it looks I, good. I'm a, I'm a fan of the story. It's not a story that I would want to 
read again. Um, I, I, you know, I think I got what I wanted out of it. I enjoyed it immensely, but I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I could see myself reading that story again, knowing everything I know right. about how it right. happens. So, um, the movie, the first movie was okay. Um, I'm thinking that the second, third, and fourth movies are going to be much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say if, if I were looking at my young well, adult see, I thought fiction. The, I thought the first movie was very good um, comparative-wise. Like, compared to the movie, yes. Compared to the book. The movie didn't change a lot. And I really like that. Um, there's a scene in the trailer that I can tell you, because I'm reading the book right now, doesn't happen. And um, and things like that kind of irritate me, but I know you have to do that for story, you know, yeah. reasons and and stuff. But um, but um, so anyway, but I I did like how how it was. Um, I am extremely interested and excited about how they're going to do this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm reading two books right now. I'm not currently reading a fiction book, which is interesting. Um, you know, I, I wonder if I should get into a fiction book. But well, you don't read a lot of fiction, though. No, but only I only the I, ones that I force on you. That's not overly. I mean, I, you didn't force um, that that last Francine Rivers movie. You didn't force either of the Francine Rivers books on me. I did not force them on you. You're correct. Yeah. So what was the first one? The the one that you really love? Uh, Redeeming Love. Redeeming Love is awesome. Right. Uh, that's. A I book don't think that I, I will... forced that on you, but I think after seeing me read it every year for the last ten years, you just thought. There must be something to this book. Yeah, and there is. And and that's a book I could see myself reading again. Probably not for a while, mm-hmm. but I will read it again. Uh, then I wrote, read And the Shofar Blue. Yes. I don't ever want to read that book again, but I enjoyed it while I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was thoroughly enjoyable. And, and you know what? The, getting into Redeeming Love and, you know, get, I was reading Twilight. I mm-hmm. read Hunger Games. All of those books, I, and those are all fiction stories, and... What I found is that when I most enjoy reading, it's when I'm reading a little bit of a fiction story and I'm reading a little bit of nonfiction. nonfiction. Uh, and, and also when I'm also reading a, a third book, something, you know, more in the, you know, the faith arena, you know, right. it's something that is encouraging and inspiring when it comes to faith, um, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. So right now I am in the middle of reading two different books. I am actually actively pursuing two books at the same time. One is called Outwitting the Devil, and okay. it's not a faith-based book at all. It's not a Christian-based book. It's from uh, Napoleon Hill, and it is a book that he wrote years and years ago, and it had never been released until just recently, uh, within the last year or two. And it is a really fascinating book. I'm absolutely enjoying it. And then um, the other book is called Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin who happens to be somebody that I'm in in the middle of email communications with right now, which right. is very interesting how how that connection has come about. And uh, it, it's a blessing indeed to, to be connected to him. And who knows where that may lead as far as, you know, all kinds of opportunities. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really love the book, Thou Shall Prosper. And I'm, I'm the, the only issue I have there is I have both the audio version and I got the written b- version. And it's one of those books that, man, I, I'm just sometimes I get stuck reading it and it's like the chapters are so long and I'm like, Ugh. so I bought the audio version and then I was bought the audio version so I could read and listen at the same time. And on this trip to Nashville, I just listened to the audio version and 
absolutely love it. And the thing is, is there's so many things. I want to go back and reread the whole thing and highlight the heck out of it and take notes and write my own commentaries on these things. Right. So anyway, it, it, so in a way, reading these books, are it's not necessarily that anything that I'm doing for enjoyment, but it's more education. Right. It's kind of take both reading for me, reading Outwitting the Devil and reading Thou Shall Prosper are like taking night classes. They're like going and listening to lectures and things that I need to take notes on and 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 things I want to things that for me I want to do but the the essence of what you would consider a book report on. I want to take what I've I want to actually take it in. I want to listen to what's being said. I want to process that. I want to think through how I've experienced some of these truths in my life and where I can see how I can apply these things. And then I want to write about it. I want to podcast about it. I want to teach these principles because I have seen these things as true in my life. And I can tell you right now, I had not heard anything communicated in this way. And this is a message that these are messages that I want to also extend into the world and through the through the opportunities that I have. Mm-hmm. So it so for me, what I'm running into is reading isn't necessarily I've not been reading for enjoyment. I've been reading for I don't know, work, growth. work, productivity, growth, education. Those are all good things and good reasons to read. Absolutely. But you know, I kind of miss just checking out for a couple hours and reading a, a good fiction story. Right. And I've got a bunch of fiction stories that I've purchased and haven't read yet. Really? Um, yeah, I've got a bunch of those Ted Decker stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I don't know if I want to go into another Christian, you know, story that, that is built on too much hyperbole and all that other stuff. Right. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll come up with something. You will. So. Um, You'll know when it's time. I, I will. Uh, let's see here. Teachers that yell are annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's enough. <sin. laughs> um, no, we were just talking about this at lunch. We have an issue where we don't um, want to give the specifics. So don't name the child. Okay. One of our children. Yes. Um, <laughs> this doesn't work. Uh, let <laughs> me tell the children, story. One of tell our children has a teacher who yells. Yeah. And they don't have a personality that can handle that. Well, or they're, they're not used to it. Or they're not used to it. They're not used to the fact that... Go ahead. You tell the story. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell that. And then we can talk about the mm-hmm. event. So we do. We have one of our three children who happens to be faced for the first time with a teacher who, in response to the class getting out of hand or not doing it, instead of approaching it in more diplomatic ways, uh, resorts to screaming or yelling. Right. And, and it's causing a bit of undue stress in one of our children and and it, it, it's frustrating to to think that but at the same time uh we're trying to work you have uh, mentioned that you're trying to work with our child to say you know not every situation not every person is going to handle things in a way that is appropriate and sometimes you are going to be in environments where you're there to learn or to do something and and it's not going to be the most conducive to right. to the right. way that you work. And and sometimes going through life and being in school 
is not just what you learn about the subject for which that for what that teacher might be teaching, but how do I what can I learn about human relationships? How can I learn about interpersonal communication and interpersonal relationships with these individuals? How do how you know what healthy ways can I learn how to cope with this environment if if it's necessary? And right. if it's not unduly or unjustly harmful to you. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. So now, so the thing is, is now we can take the story off of which child it is and which teacher, because that's irrelevant. Right. It's completely irrelevant. And we definitely don't want to hear publicly kind of out any specific teacher. Right. But this whole idea of, and and, and by the way, I don't, I do not want to point I don't want to point fingers at this teacher. That's why I went so far right. out of the way to make sure we don't even give any indication. But here's the situation. As a parent, um, things are different now. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm actually just teasing myself. Okay. But in the last 18 months, maybe even two and a half years, I parent in a completely different way than I did years ago. Well, no. That that's completely true. Our children are different now than they were then. It, th- um, I don't think what I'm talking about though has anything to do with our children because okay. our children still do the same things that would have pressed my buttons in the past. Okay. But what I'm talking about is I used to get angry mm-hmm. and scream and yell and be downright angry and irate right. at our children. Not at what they did, but sometimes at our children. Right. No, I totally get that. Um, I was a yeller for a very long time. Um, I still find myself raising my voice. So yelling is not something that my kids are new to. I mean, it's something that they've heard before. It's something that, you know, but um, it doesn't happen as often here anymore. There's really, um, and as a matter of fact, my children are more threatened when I speak to them in a normal tone mm-hmm. than when I'm screaming at them. The only thing screaming does is hurt my own throat. Really? Well, and, it, and, and I believe it can emotionally hurt the child, our, our children as well. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that there's more than it does. No, I mean, in, in the way, in, in the means of discipline, right? Raising my voice does nothing to further discipline my children. All it does is hurt my own voice. Right. Yeah. Really? And so, and, and, and so things have changed here where we're not screaming all the time. This isn't, you know, and it's, so it's something that they don't respond well to. Yeah. But, um, in, a in a classroom setting where there's, you know, multiple students and I, I I just, I, I don't think I understand it. Like. Well, I understand. Like, I, I from what I understand is that you you know maybe these bouts of yelling will happen when the class is out of hand. Well, and, no, I think some of it is when like something from yesterday is having to be retaught. Like they're not oh. getting it, and it's out of frustration, and it's so. It's See that something kind of stuff that, really bothers me. It does. It, it bothers me too. And here's the thing: is that it's hindering our child's learning. Right. Like they're really not learning what they're supposed to be learning there's too and much pressure. It's, there's too much pressure there's too much stress and it's starting to affect the way they view themselves in that subject yeah that i have a problem with that i have and that as a parent makes me think i need to step in and i t- now i'm telling you my my role up to this point has been 
completely. Um, always going to be personalities. We don't get to, always going to be situations that we have to learn to deal with. Um, you know, this is a growth thing. But now when it's starting to affect them and how they are viewing themselves as a student, then as a parent, isn't it my job to step in right. and say, yeah, you know, something's got to give. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not now, nor have I ever been in my mind, you can correct me if I'm wrong. In my mind, I've never been a parent who bubbles my children. No, I am. No, we're not that. I, you know, if they're going to fall down the stairs, they're going to fall down the stairs. Maybe they'll learn <laughs> to stop sliding down head first. You know, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm not putting them in a bubble. I don't want to um, protect them from, from social scenarios all the time because some things have to be learned. Yeah. Some things can't be taught. They have to be learned by self-experience. Um, by life experience but at what point is it just my job as the mom to say enough is enough i i think it i think every six every situation like that requires an an uh an individual approach as far as when it when the line has been crossed i I think it's it's a combination of listening to our children uh, having those conversations with them you and I discussing this together and and praying about what the next right course of action may be, but uh, it, it is very disappointing. Here, I, up to this conversation, I thought it was just the teacher would occasionally just raise their voice because other kids weren't paying attention or were you know were getting a little out of control. Uh, but well, if the voice is raised at those times also. Yeah, but but you if, have this if, added but if pressure. But all of a sudden now you didn't quite grasp what you were taught yesterday. Right. And now I'm going to be frustrated and, and raise my voice because I have to teach you again. This is the, that's that's something that doesn't thrill me. Um, and and again, I you know I, I used to struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really struggle with it anymore. Um, I I can tell you right now. I probably down to the day or at least the month when that changed. It was September 2011, mm-hmm. and it was right around the same time that I had. Uh, really started to understand my freedom in Christ and 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 escaped this idea of perf- performance based Christianity that my my relationship with God with with God was based upon performance and I started to have a much greater understanding of grace and how having having grace toward other people uh, when they don't meet up to my expectations is is the very least I can do to extend mm-hmm. to others because of how much I receive. And, and that has, I mean, there, there have been things that have happened and that, you know, man, I, I look back and I, I terribly regret some of the times I've lost, lost my control with people in the mm-hmm. past. And, and getting angry is not something that is, does, does anything of value. And it, that's not true. What? That's not true. Anger is a very true emotion and things can change when rightfully angered. It's how you react in the anger. Yes. That is the issue. Surprisingly, there's an entire chapter about anger in Thou Shall Prosper. Okay. And it actually talks about in the role of an employee, an employer, you know, or with subordinates, that it's never appropriate to be angry, but there are times when it's appropriate uh, to, to actually to to act in anger, mm-hmm. uh, it's never appropriate to act in anger. 
It, not that it's inappropriate to be angry. Right. It's, it's never, That's what I just said. You should never act in anger. And he's and he even said there are times when there where it is it is helpful to have what would apparently be anger, you know, anger mm-hmm. where where it's it looks as though this person's angry when in essence you're pretty you're in control. But when you're angry, the idea being that you're out of control, and that's what it sounds to me is is that there's a little bit of lack of control in this scenario. The little bit that I've heard about it. But um, you know, I'm going to continue to pray about that. I pray for this teacher and 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 continue to have conversations with our child and mm-hmm. see what's going on and and monitor that situation. But um, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I, it, my thinking is that don't they teach children or teachers how to handle conflict, how to handle these issues, and I don't know and stuff like that. But anyway. I don't know. I don't know what they teach teachers. I just, I just don't like the idea of my child being brought to tears. No, and just and yeah. when when they're trying to do the best, right? And it's not and and it's it, from what I understand, it's not directed at, at this our child. child. It's not directed at our child. It's right. not our child who has caused the frustration, no. who is being yelled at. It's just the fact that that this, which teacher, is another thing that that our child has a hard time with is when um, the entire class gets a discipline or a punishment or whatever they're going to call it for something that just a few students do. Right. So um, it was, um, it's an on, it's an, it's an ongoing issue. We don't have the answer right now. Um, We're going to continue to monitor it, but I don't, I don't understand it. I don't either. And it's causing me undue stress. It's causing you undue stress? Well, I have to deal with a stressed child, which causes <laughs> me stress. Well, I'll try to I'll try to help you with that. All right. Anyway, um, real quickly, uh, we have one minute and 29 seconds letter, l- left. Do you yeah. want to tell them about missing disc three? Veronica Mars disc three is missing, and I think we mentioned it last week. I have to go look for it because tonight... Is the night we're supposed to start disc three? Yep. And uh, it has to be found. Where oh where are you disc three? So Stephanie's gonna I be. I do on, not know. Stephanie's gonna be on the search for that so we can watch the next few episodes of Veronica Mars. And there's four episodes on that disc. It's got to turn up somewhere. If worst case comes uh, worst comes to worst, we can get them on Amazon. Okay. That we can we can resort to that. Hey, real quick, we already know three topics that we will talk about next week. We're going to talk about the brand new Ravenscraft Enterprises employee cafeteria. <laughs> You're funny. Do you like that? I do. Uh, Stephanie's going to talk about fitness ruts, and I'll join her in that conversation. And um, I already have a little bit of experience, but by next week, Stephanie should also have some experience with iOS 7. Yeah. Megan, last night, she's like, Mom, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? I'm like, no, Megan, I'm not salivating over it like you are. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Family from the Heart. Until next time, we encourage you to live your life on purpose. Podcast! Add some man.